Raziel rarely spoke to mortals, unless compelled to do so. It wasn't his job to assist people. He was a secret keeper, a specialist. It was only under extreme circumstances that he would ever take the initiative to speak to someone in need. Strangely enough, that time had arrived, and the person he'd chosen to share his secrets with was about as unlikely a recipient as they come. Magnus Bane, Warlock currently traveling outside of Raziel's jurisdiction. If corporate knew what he was up to, they probably wouldn't be pleased. But Raziel figured this was one of those ask-forgiveness-not-permission sort of things. He couldn't very well leave one of God's children hanging in the wind. Not now that everything was at stake. He could ask for forgiveness later. It was a very human way to play it. So the way this uh, power station is set up, there's these giant windows that, that kind of like, they're mostly straight up, but they tilt in a little bit. And then at the top, there's another line of windows that's like almost flat. So it's sort of like a greenhouse in a way. And the okay, top yeah, windows, the top windows just erupt and everything comes pouring, all this glass comes pouring down. They must have set a bomb or something because you see the impact starts in the middle and goes out. And your shield, like it breaks your concentration and it like confuses you. And there's all these bullets going off everywhere. And so your shield like collapses for a second. And all these jagged pieces of glass came shooting down and speared into all the guards with guns up on the top level. And like they're dying in the most painful, horrible, awful ways. Uh, just fucking pieces of glass. They're crawling along the floor like, I don't know. It's a nasty, bloody mess. And then three people come sailing down on cables. And... It was Shauna and Alexa in these like super dope new like black combat armor with like with their coats and shit on over it. Hell yeah. Uh, and this other guy, he's like kind of balding with goggles and the same suit, but with nothing on over it and just a thousand weapons all over him. And they land, Alexa in the middle and the other two on the outside. And the other two start mopping up those guys, just like slaughtering whoever's alive and like executing them or whatever. And Alexa flew down to like engage with the vampires. And that's when Magnus started to uh, trip, I guess. Does that make sense? He started to vibe out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It was something about the stress or or the shock or vampires. You're not sure exactly what, but um, everything well, holding starts a, to... Holding a spell that big can really, yes. you know, take yeah. it out of you. And you... Oh, I remember what happened I when I was playing you. You used the last of your 
power to push the shield up and out, which like cleared out a lot of the glass. And mm. so it could have been like a lot worse, but you basically protected yourselves, the vampires and their hostage. And then the gunman got all whatever you couldn't block basically. Yeah. So yeah, it could have been just <laughs> disaster for everyone. Uh, let's see here. Um, so yeah, I guess your image, your vision starts to waver a little bit and you start to trip and you have this sudden vision where you're like, I don't know the difference between a vision and a dream, like consciousness wise, but for you, it feels like way more vivid than any dream. Um, I don't know if Magnus has prophecies or weird shit like this happen a lot, but not generally, but like that's a type of thing that does he would be familiar with as a concept. Okay, cool. So you're like, I'm pretty sure this isn't really happening. Um, unless I died without noticing it. <laughs> and you realize that this uh, little boy is like running towards you and he's laughing and he's like holding out his hands and he looks all excited to see you. And then um, your friend Alec just like tumbles past you and gets down on his knees and like takes the boy into his arms and he he laughs and uh he looks over at you and gives you like the big like smile and like it's super warm and tender like it feels intimate in a way like you you didn't you didn't know you and Alec were on that level or whatever <laughs> And then you see this other kid come running towards you and then he stops suddenly and he looks down at you with this look like, aren't you going to pick me up or like do a thing or whatever? Uh, what do you want to do? Um, oh, this is interesting. Because at the point that I took Magnus in the storyline, I think he's like, he's only met Alec like once. So this is really interesting. Oh, cool. <laughs> I took him really early because I didn't want to have to deal with the Alec stuff. Mm -hmm. um. <laughs> mm -hmm. So this is basically a look from a possible future, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like... Okay, yeah. But so, yeah. You, do, okay. you notice, actually, now that you think about it, you notice um, Alec has a little gray in his hair. Are you both mm -hmm. immortal or just Magnus? Just Magnus, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, Shadowhunters are not immortal okay so um, alec is clearly like has aged since you saw him or met him or whatever yeah. and these kids don't necessarily look like either of you uh maybe they're adopted they they look quite distinct from each other yeah so you don't know if one's his and one's yours or what so one of them has sort of run up to magnus and is like asking to be picked up he kind of puts his hands out for a second and then and does that thing where you put your knuckles against your hips, kind of a Wonder Woman pose or whatever, and he gives yeah. you this like scrunched up face. Yeah, Magnus is like he can tell this is some sort of whatever, a vision or something that he's seeing. Mm-hmm. But he's just like He's just really confused, like just totally confused for a moment until he recognizes Alec. And he kind of 
automatically like, even though he like he's like in part of his mind is like oh this is just vision like i don't know like um he still tries to like interact so he kind of turns to alec is like it's alec alexander right um, what <laughs> are, are you, you trying to here? be cool or are you just sounding just like you are <laughs> Because if you want to sound cool, you're going to need to flip some cards. No, I think he's legitimately just kind of confused. <laughs> okay. Alec reacts in much the same way Janine's husband reacted uh, when Seraph told you about that little yeah. helicopter flight or whatever. He's like, are you okay? And then he he's, uh, but but when his voice comes out, you can barely hear it. And it's like hollow like 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 it's coming from just outside your peripheral vision or whatever like you're not sure how to locate it almost Mm -hmm. like you're inside a fishbowl or something but he looks super concerned and he sets down uh one kid and and comes over and and says something like uh hey give us a minute champ and like pats the kid in front of you on the arm and (laughs) And that kid runs over and plays with the other one. And he looks in your eyes with like the deepest, most loving, tender, like concern. And then he just says some stuff and you can't even hear what he's saying. And you see a dark shape just just behind him moving rapidly towards him. And uh, it's awful, whatever it is. It's, it's a nightmare. It's a monster or something terrible is coming right at him that you can feel more than see are the kids gone um they're they're out of your vision you're looking right at him and there's something coming towards him okay and it's coming pretty quickly do you want to look over and see if the kids are still there hmm do you want to look to your right and see if the kids are still? Uh, yes, in de- yeah. View? <laughs> I do want to know what's going on with the kids. You look off to your right and you see the kids, but they're like hazy, and you realize that there's no environments under and around them. There's just kind of almost like a shitty matte painting, like behind okay. them, like it's a set or something. And yeah. you feel like a migraine coming on almost. And when you look back to your left, the thing is on Alec and is pulling him directly straight away from you. And he's clearly screaming, but you can't hear any of it. And as he falls backwards, his foot like bumps yours and he's being pulled away. And so it's just kind of this like a shapeless mass. I There's no, I can I. Do you want to like perceive it? We can do a flip like you try yeah. to. Yeah. You try to learn as much as you can about it. Yeah, I just want to think of what... It's kind of like an arcane check in D&D. Yeah. So... Oh, I'm supposed to tell you what it is. It's uh, uh, intelligence? No. Wit and investigation, I think. Okay. Unless you have a spell or something that gives you better... Um, I mean, unless I want (laughs) to... No. Uh... What is it? Intelligence and investigation? Uh, to perceive it would be wit and investigation, but to... Oh, yeah. Sorry. Wit. Yeah. 
To do an arcane thing, I guess that would be intelligence. And then it's one, is it one more for being healthy? Yeah, totally. Let's see, that is three successes. Oh, and one of them is the Queen of Hearts. Oh, hell so yeah. I'm seeing real good. <laughs> According to the the new Space Kings rules, um, everybody gets one or everybody you get a minimum of two hearts or two <laughs> two successes from the queen of hearts so what is your charm stat uh uh four holy crap so that's five <laughs> that's five successes plus you had two others right yeah seven successes <laughs> i always use my good flips or good rolls on like nothing mm-hmm. <laughs> like Every time. <laughs> you instantly realize that this is... It doesn't make any sense. Like, like the history of your knowledge and lore says this is impossible, but it's pretty much a fallen angel inside a vampire. Like, it's, it's sucking the oh. dude's blood, but, like, it has fucked up runes all over its forehead... So as it's as if a like as if a fallen angel is like possessing a vampire or or they're working together or you're having a an aneurysm and like it doesn't okay. make any sense. <laughs> but it's definitely sucking the blood of Alec out his throat. Or it will if you're not able to stop it. I think Magnus is just going to try to like even though again it's it's a vision whatever you know he's he's got a good heart and just kind of instinctually he tries to just pull Alec um like just grab him by the ankle and cool. just yank him away. Okay, cool. And because you got seven successes, I should tell you more. You know that it is at once a fallen angel, at once a vampire. It's at once a possible probability of the future, and it's happening right now. It's happening in a different plane, and it's all connected to the tower. Somehow, this creature, this entity, is like maybe working for the Crimson King. Uh, You know, is trying to break the beams or or something, but it's definitely a. A creature that shouldn't be here, that shouldn't be in this plane, that shouldn't be able to travel through time. Like, it's bad news all around. So, and I'll give right. you a plus two flip to whatever you do next. Okay. You're trying to pull that homeboy away from him? Yeah, yeah. I feel like they'd be too close to try and, like, yeah, I don't want to try and blast the, the <laughs> vampire demon thing. Because, uh, you know, you're too likely right. to, to hit. The mm-hmm. non-target. So, uh, so uh, try, and, try and drag him away, which will probably. Are you not just go gonna great. do like a brawn athletics, or are you gonna use magic? What? Um, I think just brawn athletics. Yeah, which okay. is not gonna be great for me. Uh, do brawn athletics. Give yourselves two extra cards, and those two extra cards are like, you don't know where this shit is coming from, but all of a sudden, these like red and orange and yellow like bands and tendrils of energy fill up your arms and your thighs and like make you stronger and faster 
Nice. Uh, basically make you as powerful as this thing. So you, if you pull too hard, you could like, if you both kept pulling this hard, you'd rip dude in half. Um, <laughs> so you're trying to like make sure that doesn't happen. <laughs> Good point. Um, I got only one success on that one. So oh, crap. Yeah. Do you want to use any of your drive or a hero point? Yeah, I'll use, let's see. I'll use two of my drive. Okay. So you I just pull two more cards, right? <laughs> did, did you get nothing. a joker? No, I didn't get a joker. I just got two, just nothing. Oh, you got nothing. So you just have one success, right? Yep. <laughs> He's... You need two more or you're going to lose him. Yeah. Hmm. I'm picturing he's like trying to pull him and it's not working. So what do we do? Um, I still have another couple of drive. I'll just let's, you know, let's hail Mary it. Okay. <laughs> and I only got one more success. Okay. Not... And uh hero point, do you want to use one of those? Yeah, throw one in. Two more cards. Come on, come on, big money, no whammies, no whammies. I'm gonna save my possible future boyfriend. Two more, I swear to God, this is homophobic. You got um, nothing? You're out? <laughs> nothing, I'm out. Oh shit, so this is so painful, right? Like on one level you feel like this is real, like he yeah. could be wiped out of existence, like, but on another you understand it's just a vision. You yeah, know, it doesn't necessarily mean anything, but yeah, he is yoinked right out of your grasp, and and now you start to hear his scream as he like floats away from you, and he gets all rigid as the thing is like sucking out his blood. What is your initiative? It is uh, five. Five. Yeah, the vampire is faster than you, so like. Whatever you were about to do, the vampire just whoosh, sucks him into the haze and then everything goes black and you just feel like this intense, like, whatever, I don't know. Describe to me how you're feeling. I think somehow, like, somehow even in that really brief moment and, like, you know, he's only met the guy once, but, like, he felt something incredibly just like just a wonderful like loving comfortable feeling like just from looking at Alec and then to have that and again he didn't know where that was coming from or he barely knew who this person was but he could just feel something there and then to have it literally ripped out of his hands he's just like kind of in shock but then also trying to remember, oh, you know, this is just a weird vision. Like, you know, they're, they're just playing with your head, you know? Mm. 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 And also mm. now there's this intense vampire here. <laughs> he's, he's going through a lot. So as soon as he gets yanked, you're in this dark, formless void. It's like you might as well have your eyes closed. Like, it's terrible. You feel all these feelings. And then suddenly you're back in your body. And a fucking vampire has closed on Hezekiah, who 
now is unshielded. He's just hiding behind a column, so he's getting attacked. Fucking uh, Louie had a creature on him, and he is just coming right at you. This is like a black-haired dude. He's flying so quickly through space that that you uh, can barely register. But as he's coming up into your face, you see him and you realize, like, if he's not the same thing that took Alec, he's very similar. Um, a souped-up vampire is all you could think of. <laughs> yeah. He's beautiful and everything, but in that horrible vampire way where it's like he's having fun killing you guys like yeah. with ease. He's relishing it. Well, and it's intense because like, uh, like Magnus is familiar with vampires, at least in his universe. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just another part of kind of the downworlder crew, you might say. But like this is definitely different in a... You know, in that that way, you when you can just tell something is wrong. Yeah. Like Magna can just tell this is like, like vampires. He's chill with you know, take him on a case by case basis. But like this is <laughs> bad. <laughs> yeah, he seems almost like um, I don't know, like a shitty teenager, like crushing ants or something. Like, like he's kind of yeah. having fun, but he's also kind of bored. And he's just like right up on you, and then and then boom, like you lose your vision again, and you're like, "Did I die again? What's happening?" I feel kind of confused. <laughs> it's a really weird day. This has been a series of really weird days for Magnus. He's just <laughs> doing his best. And you see, Alexa is kind of running across your vision, and mm-hmm. uh, and she's sort of. It's almost like she's made up of like chunks of pixels or whatever. Like they couldn't mm. quite get the resolution right, resolution right. And she's just soaring past you to the left and then she turns and throws up her hands and basically gets between you and something. Something terrible is coming but you can't get a good glimpse of it. And then all of a sudden she goes down and there's like blood spraying everywhere but it's like way too much blood for one person and you feel this sudden wave of shame and like guilt all of a sudden like you know you're having these stupid visions when you're supposed to be like protecting your friends or whatever right and you just feel like you're you're losing your grip and then you look up and you realize you literally are gripping something and you're kind of hanging off something. And then your vision settles down and you realize you're standing like in a park behind a bench and you're like clutching the top of the bench like and your fingernails hurt as you like dig into it. And you're like, oh, I'm not falling. <laughs> <laughs> This is weird. And you're looking down at your hands, so now you can do whatever. Yeah, Magnus kind of, you know, when you realize you've been gripping something too tightly and you kind of gingerly unclench yourself, mm-hmm. <laughs> he kind of he kind of does that and, like, you know, kind of stretches out his hands, like, you know, 
get the <laughs> get the stiffness out. And yeah. then we kind of looks up and looks around in the park to see to see if he can see anything familiar. Since he's clearly having some cool. sort of weird vision quest, he's just gonna, you know, he's gonna go with it and <laughs> try and learn. As soon as you look up, it's like fucking Seinfeld and Friends and When Harry Met Sally. Like, it's Central Park. It's oh, nice. normal. There's joggers and, like, strollers and moms and nannies. And and you're looking down the, uh, over the road that you're looking at, or street, sidewalk, whatever people walk on. Path? Yeah. I don't know. Those are all possible words. You see the ground dips off and it goes down a, a gentle slope. And for some reason, your eye keeps going that direction, even though there's plenty of people around you to look at. And you realize that children are kind of breaking away from their parents just randomly, like their parents told them silently go play in the grassy area. But like, so they're just peeling off away from their parents. And, and for some reason, they're all wearing big hoods and like kind of winter gear. And you realize everyone else is in springtime attire. You look down at yourself and you're in, uh, I don't know, what's a cool young man wear? Fucking slightly, uh, what are those high rise pants and sandals and a, a, <laughs> I don't know, a, a Cuban shirt I mean, of some I kind. Mean, what's what's the season? <laughs> it's clearly like a nice spring day. It's like seventy, maybe sixty-eight, somewhere in there. There's people with different, but anyway, all these kids of different colored like hoods. They almost look like they might be the same brand, and they're just sort of clustering together in a slowly growing line, and they don't appear to be talking to each other. You realize they're all looking in the other direction. And uh, and then you hear a voice to your left. Uh, pretty strange sight down there, huh? Uh, well, you know, kids will be kids. And mine just kind of makes that face that you make when someone's talking to you that you don't want to get into a conversation with them. Mm. You know, the like kind of the half smile, <laughs> like. Eh. I love it. <laughs> Because he's like focused, he's kind of focused on this weird phenomenon. He doesn't, he's in the habit of not getting caught up in conversations with normal humans. <laughs> <laughs> right, gotcha. So there's like maybe 15 of them now and they're just sort of lining up. They're sort of clustered in, in three or four groups, but they're slowly moving towards each other. And then you see another one and uh, you, you see across your vision a guy you see holds up a styrofoam tray and half of a sandwich with like some cellophane. And he's like, um, you want half? I'm not gonna, not gonna be able to eat all this. Oh no, I'm, I'm quite all right. (laughs) Come to think of it. Do you know what's happening here today? Is it a protest? Are you going to look at him or just, yeah, he's turned to look at the guy now. Okay, you turn to look at the guy. And he's speaking in crystal clarity, but you realize that everything else is like intensely muted, uh, like the last one. Right. And anyway, this is like a, I don't know, maybe 35-year-old handsome uh, 
Latinx guy, like a uh, bit of stubble, decent clothes, you know, looks like maybe a, a working man on the weekend or whatever. He's got some crud under his fingernails, but, you know, <laughs> he could probably get into your club, you know, he's he seems like a cool dude. Nice. And uh, give me uh, another one of those Arcana checks. That one was, um, was it wit Intelligence. And investigation? Oh, yeah, that's how we did it. I think this one will be intelligence and magic. Okay. Because this is your wizardly senses going, or warlocky. Yes. <laughs> Gosh, darn it. That's one success. <laughs> okay, so there's something special about this guy, but you're not sure what just yet. Yeah. And he just gives you these like dreamy eyes. <laughs> like he clearly appreciates you. He respects you. He seems to know who you are. And okay. he's just kind of waiting for you to talk. <laughs> and uh, he takes his sandwich back and, and sets it down on the bench. And he's just kind of waiting for you to, to say something. Magnus is kind of... He's distracted both by the sense that this person is, is different and also, you know, he's kind of cute. You know, it doesn't have to be all work, right? Um, <laughs> so kind of he turns and actually, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm being very rude. And he kind of, he holds out his hand to shake. Magnus Vane, nice to meet you. Like holds out his hand to shake. He was kind of leaned over with his knee on the bench and kind of hunkered a little bit. So he can't get his right hand to you. So he kind of awkwardly reaches over with his left. And then that's kind of awkward. And then he like finally holds up his hand to like do a high five. <laughs> Magnus takes pity on him and gives him a high five. <laughs> he's like, um, look, Magnus, uh, you're too nice all the time. I mean, I, I probably shouldn't say that, but, you know, really weird things are going on right over there and you're, you're just being chill and chatty, you know, people are dying, man. At that, Magnus, like, turns to look back at what's, at what the weird kids are doing. Okay, so now there's like 30 of them or whatever, and they've started to form a kind of double ring circle. But as they slowly turn in opposite directions, they turn their bodies so their faces are never pointed in your direction. And still, the parents just leave like nobody's paying any attention to them. And then you realize that hoods or whatever are like turning black and then sinking into the grass. And like starting in the inside ring, it's like every other fifth one. And then like starts to happen in the outside ring and you see like weird steaming patches where they must have been. And, uh, <laughs> and you hear the guy grab the other half of the sandwich and start working on it. And he's like, pretty scary, huh? Bet you wish you could do something about it. Yeah. Magnus turns back to the guy and just sort of, um, he's suspicious. <laughs> are you showing this to me he kind of scrunches up his eyebrows and he's like well here's the thing magnus you're kind of off the board uh 
not that uh, His Excellency isn't in charge everywhere, but well, this things are getting real strange, and um, there's not a lot that we can do for you. And uh, you realize that he he kind of puts his hand on his chest, sort of just absentmindedly, and you realize that he's got a big old gold ring almost like class ring size on his ring finger and it's starting to glow almost like the gold is melting or whatever like it's super bright and he doesn't seem to notice it at all and uh he looks back over at the kids and he just kind of rubs his brow and he sort of does an awkward smile and you realize he's got a gold tooth on one side starting to glow and he says uh what you're facing, Magnus, it's it's bigger than all of us. And you're our best hope. You know, I, I know you don't always see things the exact same, and that's great. That's free will. You know? Nobody appreciates that as much as me. Here's the thing. If you don't know already, my name is Raziel. And... I'm sort of like an assigned buddy. Does that make sense? Magnus just looks incredulous. So you're telling me that you are the angel Raziel and expecting me to believe you. He kind of does like a, well, and he sort of turns and looks back at the weird kids. And now there's like nobody around. You can barely hear anything except you swear you're hearing like a creepy horror soundtrack song starting to come up. And now there's like kid-sized black shadows starting to come out from behind trees and and the bathroom area. There's another one. Almost like the maybe the kids that sunk into the earth are coming back as shadows, sort of surrounding your position. And the guy just keeps turning and he's like marking them. And he says, you're out there on a ledge, my friend. And this guy cheats. So I'm allowed to bend the rules a little bit. And then he points at one of the shadow children and it just explodes into like all these teeny tiny little black particles that go like everywhere and nowhere at once and then fade away. And the other black shadow children start to like fade back into the woods and like hide behind trees and shit. And he blows off his finger, even though nothing's coming out of it. He just like blows (laughs) it. And then he gives you a look like awkward, like was that funny? Kind of like he's trying out human humor or whatever. (laughs) Magnus is just he's just trying to put all of this together I can't say if any of this makes sense but but if you're here who who summoned you and why I've been in a lot of universes lately maybe it's different here (laughs) he says Magnus you're You're so intelligent. I'm just continually shocked by you. By all of you, really. You're right. The one side benefit. 
of this damn tower and everything breaking is that I can come to you at times when even you might not know you need me. It's not me playing games or, or running the show. It's more like part of you knows you need a little help. The kind of help that people around you might not be able to hand out. Uh, and you realize a bunch of shadow children have now started converging behind him, sort of like, almost like the, the scary vampire in your other vision. They're lining up behind him so you can't see him, but you know they're coming closer. Right. And like a rune on his chest starts to glow from underneath his shirt. And the ring now is just a blinding white. And he realizes it's like kind of blinding you a little bit. And he goes, oh, oh. Where are my manners? And he slides it off his hand and flicks it up in the air and it starts tumbling towards you. As in like I could catch it? Mm-hmm. The glow's fading so you could like <laughs> figure out where it is. Um, so it's like coming down towards me like I could catch it? Yeah, I mean you could easily just put up your hand and grab it. Magnus quickly kind of pulls his his sleeve down so he catches it but it doesn't touch his skin. Oh, nice. You That's know, like fun. you like just quickly, <laughs> quickly pull the sleeve down and catches it. You know, That's awesome. it could be cursed. He wasn't born yesterday. So you're doing that and you see he like has a like, mm, I'm impressed face. And then he like <laughs> lifts up an eyebrow and you realize those kids are just swarming him now. They're flooding around him. Like now you can see them and they're terrifying. And he snaps his fingers, and they all explode. The whole scene kind of explodes, and you go flying, and you're, like, tumbling backwards. Like it's a bad music video or something. Yeah, I can picture it. You hear a fun 80s song playing, 99 Luftballons or something. <laughs> and then you feel the ring on your right ring finger in your vision, but as you come out of it, there's no ring there, but you feel it there. Hmm. And you realize that it is drawing all the light in the entire room, maybe in the entire world. <laughs> like sunlight streaming through the glass is like funneling towards you into your hand. And like um, you realize the diodes on the bombs that you set, the red is like fading out and swirling towards you and tracers all the emergency lights all up and down the, or normal chandelier lights all around the building are sucked into it. And you feel your body just like go into this like preacher pose, basically where you're a big Y and all this brilliant yellow white light fills the entire fucking building and light pours out into the, uh, I don't know, outside. <laughs> yeah. And the fucking skin mask rips off this vampire and it loses its damn mind. It's like steaming and screaming and um, it is nasty. And then it fucking throws Ishchel, one of the one of the sisters, into the glass and she falls down. It slashes you and you tumble down 
and it does something to Alexa and you're boom, you fall down and you're lying on your side. Like for some reason you can't move your head. So all you could see is like feet shuffling around and like you hear gunfire sort of mutely in the distance. And now you have this uh, new vision and this one will be a, I'm trying to think like what, what else can an angel do for you other than just teach you a spell? Um, guidance, hmm. uh, uh, motivation, pep talk. I think you already got a pep talk. Um, yeah. I'm just, yeah, it should I'm be guidance. Think of, I think. Of what magnets, because, you know, it's not exactly a comfortable situation for a half demon to be hanging out with an angel. <laughs> it's not, it's not yeah. exactly his idea of a comfortable you know just like oh i know okay. sort of time so you feel like disembodied like yeah. uh like what you've heard people talk about in um in near-death experiences it might be one of those or you might just like have doing an astral travel sitch but basically yeah. you're up over the battle and kind of a bird's eye view. You can see everyone's position. You're not sure what happened to Hezekiah and that other vampire, but you see like everybody converges on the one that, that took you out. And then everybody takes the wounded like uh, over to the kind of east corner of the building and down some stairs and Louis hurls a bomb in there, which you realize like could set off those charges prematurely, oh, um, which is fun. And uh, and then you see them dragging all of you down down uh, down a corridor. Uh, you meet up with a, a lady who's just standing kind of dumbly at the top of these stairs kind of confused, almost like she had a head injury. And then something mm. is pulling you farther down the stairs and like into the darkness. And you're not sure what it is, but if you aren't dead or even if you are, maybe you could learn something that you could somehow convey to the group. I don't know. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, information is always. Magnus like is, if it Magnus is, is a, a real astral person. event, you could, yeah, you could learn something about where they're going, that kind of yeah. thing. So, uh, long, long staircase down to an even longer corridor, uh, just seems to go on forever. And it's, and it's just really dark, you said? Yeah, it's, uh, the lights start going out as the people are, as your people are going down the stairs, the lights start oh. going out and everything shakes around you like all the rock around you like shakes and you look back at your group like off in the distance you can see in the dark for some reason hmm. and so you see them like doing that star trek wobble thing where they're looking yeah. around and shaking <laughs> um but they don't seem to have died so you're like okay and uh and you turn around and you and emergency lights come on they're red and you realize that that um 
every fifth one or whatever kind of glows yellow for a second. And you're thinking maybe that's Raziel like calling you in a certain direction. And then, yeah, you see that gold light. There's a four-way intersection, like the giant corridor just continues on. But then there's two side ones. And you see a uh, a little light, like maybe it's an alarm. It's like a blue light that sticks out of the wall at one of the, at the left corridor. Like maybe mm-hmm. there's, um, like if there was a disastrous power plant event, that thing would go off. But it's not off for some reason. And you... Um, you see it goes gold for a second and then goes out. And so you think you should go left. Yeah. Yeah. Magnus is going to, you know, like I said, if he's having this weird astral projection, you know, blackout situation, he's going to try and get what he can out of it. Cool. So this corridor is, um, it looks well traveled. There's like a bit of, uh, ancient garbage here that you know candy wrappers or whatever yeah you do see a horrible nasty blood stain on the wall like where if somebody had been shot in the head or shot themselves like it might have made that impression like a a recent blood stain or like dried blood uh ancient like like if you touched it it'd probably dissolve like oh okay so somebody must have got shot there and then body was taken away but it could have been a couple hundred years like it's mid-world you never know (laughs) how long (laughs) anything takes right the world has moved on and so on and then just another 10 or 20 feet it comes to a, a stop and there's a giant red door there's like a a barred like big yellow bars on either side of uh reinforced glass and there's all these signs up and you're having trouble reading for some reason. Hmm. Um, but you're pretty sure this is like in the movies like War Games or something like this is a, a radioactive area. You see the yellow right. and black uh, sign or whatever. Everything's a little different because it's midworld, and you're having trouble reading all the letters. But you're pretty sure this is an atomic situation. Hmm. That's not good. <laughs> At the bottom right of every sign, it says Lamerc, uh, which must be the company that made either yeah. this place or the poster. Oh, and the the light the light is on in there, and hmm. uh, there's red emergency lights all down the hallway. You just came down that go on, and you see a conduit uh, from light to light that goes right in over the giant red door, like like they're on the same circuit, basically. Right. Hmm. Oh, and then a gold light flashes through the window. So if I want to keep following it, I have to go through this door. Into... You have to go through solid door or glass and bars. Exciting. Which maybe you can um... do. <laughs> <laughs> this is a vision, though. I should just be able to like walk through walls. This, this is cheap. Go for it. <laughs> I mean, you're not even walking. You're sort of I know. <laughs> How do the rules of this world work? I mean, you just want to get a running start and go through the door or just stick your finger through the glass or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, just try to go through the door. This <laughs> is cool. the easiest, easiest course first. So we have a fun CGI bit where you like slowly go through the door <laughs> and you kind of 
go to pat yourself down and like shift your shirt and you're like, oh yeah, there's nothing there. (laughs) (laughs) And you see this is um, some kind of viewing chamber. There's machines and computers and stuff. And there's a chair in front of it. And there is something on the chair. And there's blood all over the instruments. There's some sprayed on the the windshield, another reinforced window and a big kind of steel uh, gray door. And then you see through the window, you can tell it's some kind of airlock situation. And then on one side of the wall is a whole bunch of um, radiation suits, whatever those things are called. The Oh yeah. They have the big hoods and they have a, like um, a little counter or whatever that tells right. you how much radiation they've taken. And then you see a box of little badges and they're in some kind of, uh, you realize they're in some kind of easy open sheath. It's like you break one corner and like it comes out and there's a bunch of them and they're all, uh, all their sensors are black, but you see here and there, like on the suits and everything, you see like they've gone dull red all the way across. Mm. And you see most of the dials are broken or melted or whatever, but but one of them is ticking over like into what apparently is a red zone on the dash. Yeah, that's that's bad. Uh, Magnus <laughs> thinks. <laughs> uh, yeah, and as you lean into that, you you just happen to catch out of the corner of your eye. The, what was in the seat is a dead person, but like so horribly gooed and melted that like it's barely recognizable as ever having been anything <laughs> living. Ooh. Like it is just a nasty putrescent mess. You'd hate to meet it in real life. It must smell terrible. Is this astral projection in smell vision or? <laughs> no. <laughs> Give me an intelligence and biology flip okay. or anatomy. What <laughs> is there a medical <laughs> stat? Um, I, yeah, I have biology. Or engineering, one of those. So, uh, yeah, give me a flip of that and extra because you're unhurt. Yeah, uh, four successes, finally. Hell yeah. You shuffled This these. guy... This guy might have died of radiation poisoning or just like killed himself and then died and his clothes have melted like this guy has been exposed to a certain level of radiation for a long time. Right. And uh, clearly yeah, all the. Recent. Yeah. Anything exposed that could have been irradiated is that's probably why the suits, their sensors have gone red. Yeah. Like things are melting like wires might be breaking down like who knows if anything in here works anymore other than that one dial right but anyway your people are going into an area that maybe it's just this room that's irradiated but uh oh oh and you see you realize there's two dials you didn't realize the one on the right was working because it's kind of down low like in a in a yellow zone like right at the bottom of the yellow before it goes green super low level of radiation you realize and so the one on the left must be the interior area and the one on the right is this area so 
like you could conceivably get in here, put on a suit and be fine um, or not come in here at all or whatever. But um, and then you see another gold flash through the, the airlock area. Magnus kind of talks to the air, you know, to as if he's talking to um, what's the angel Raziel? Raziel. Kind of like, I get you're trying to show me something, but could you? I'm getting a little tired of this hide and seek game. <laughs> so this gold will of the wisp bullshit kind of flashed from uh, it's through the window, but like off to the left a little bit, so you couldn't see it directly. And then all of a sudden, jump scare, this fucking robot face leans over diagonally around the window and stares right at you. And it's got a big doofy grin and a weird little like pillbox hat. And and it uh, or not a pillbox, like a Civil War kind of square top. And it looks at you with this doofy look and you kind of get startled. And uh, yeah, Magnus does that thing, you know, when a you know when a cat does something stupid, but then they like really quickly try to act like it never happened. <laughs> Magnus kind of does that. Like he is definitely like surprised, but then he tries to like you know pull it together. Like oh, what you saw nothing. <laughs> I was cool, calm, and collected at all times. And you notice there's every time he his eyes open, like he blinks. Every time his eyes open, you see like a faint gold shimmer in there somewhere. And then like when he opens his mouth to talk, like there's something in there as if something's glowing inside him. And then he like reaches out with this creepy hand and knocks on the glass and you can hear it kind of just like somebody knocking on a car window or whatever. And uh, and then he points down at a button and you see a there's like an intercom button pretty close to where the... <laughs> The skeleton's <laughs> hand is, and he like smiles and he nods his head and he and now his full robotness comes into view and he's like pointing down at the button. Magnus has just a look of uh, bemused, I guess. <laughs> it's like okay, you <laughs> like just like imagine the face you make when you kind of say okay. I guess we're doing this. <laughs> and he, he presses the, I assume, intercom, you know, touch to talk button. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you it. reach down and you realize as your finger gets down to it, it like gets this like powerful sense, this feeling. And mm-hmm. you realize you don't have to push the button. It's a psychic deal or whatever. Yeah. And But it sounds the same. So you like touch the button as soon as you hit it. Like you hear him like, oh, there you are. Good. Hello. I'm Crandall. And he is... uh. He's steel, but he's like parts of him, you know, were like chrome at some point. Like he was real fancy, but he's all sort of, I don't know, funked up like these black spots and he's scrubby looking except for his head and his hat, which look cool. (laughs) If a little (laughs) creepy. Um, And he says, uh, yes, I'm Crandall. What's your name, sir? Magnus. And actually, let me do that again. He says, oh, what's your name, Sai? Uh, That's how they say it. Sorry, what? (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Sai. I be Crandall. Uh, Listen, uh, I seem to have gotten stuck in here. I wonder if you could uh, let me out. Were you put there by somebody? 
he looks he looked like super jazzed like his hands were up he was gonna like getting ready to be excited and then he slumps back down his hands go down he's like looks real done and he's like well i i can't tell you why i'm in here but someone did tell me to come in here who was that and why he points at the guy in the chair he's like um Baldwin, he never liked me much. I think he was playing a prank. <laughs> and then he looks around behind him at, at a, just a blank white wall. And he just kind of looks super bummed as he stares at it. Banga says, well, there's clearly some source of radiation in here. Did, do you know what? what it is or what what happened here he may not have liked you but i don't think he deserved to die like that he says how much of it has seemed to have fallen out of my head uh there is a power source here that can power most everything in this part of the beam but for some reason baldwin told me to come in here and turn it off and then he locked the door on me. I've been here ever since. Hmm. When was this? How long have you been in there? His, like, eyeballs roll back in his head and he leans back all of a sudden. And his head tilts back. And his arms are still slack down beside him. And he, and he just looks, like, odd. <laughs> and then he snaps <laughs> back upright. And then he stares right at you and he goes 214 years 9 months 4 days 13 minutes and 2 seconds Magnus kind of mutters to himself like 200 years huh well I don't know if I even can let you out uh, don't know if you've noticed I'm I'm not even here, so I don't know why I'm bothering having this conversation with you. <laughs> He's blinking rapidly, like like maybe do not compute or something. Like yeah. does not compute. Magnus is mostly talking to himself at this point. You know, he kind of he's like trailed off like <laughs> like why am I talking to this robot that I'm imagining? <laughs> he shakes a bit and shivers. And his head spins around completely on its axis. And his eyes get even wider and don't blink. And he says, the other one lies. This plant is on and should be deactivated. It's the only way to serve your people. My people? And his head turns all the way around. And he blinks or whatever. And he says, that was very strange. Do you know what just happened? Uh. He waggles his head left and right. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like a dog wobbling its ears or whatever. You're not sure what he's doing now. Um, what do you know about this plant? If you've been here for 200 years, uh. Well, I know a lot about this room. For instance, there are 417 
distinct joints between different components of the facility. Uh, there's a bit of peeling drywall here, and he points up in the corner. No, no, that's that's not what I meant. Magnus is kind of he's he's forgotten about the whole the conceit of pressing the button. He's kind of pacing back and forth in front of the the glass. Think you know, like thinking, mm-hmm. thinking pacing. And he says, Oh my, you'd better turn on the power soon or or the monsters will get you. Monsters? And then his head spins slowly around the other way and he looks kind of furrowed brow and like kind of crusty. And he says, the other one lies. You must turn off the power to serve your people. And then he goes, monsters be damned. And then his eyes close and he like stumbles backwards and the lights go out and the lights go out in here and you feel yourself sucked back into your body. And your eyes are fluttering. You're being carried by somebody down this hall so that it's kind of like you're bouncing up and down and you're looking behind you. And so the the voice that was saying something about saying that the other one lied, it was saying... I should turn off the power to save my people or turn. Yeah. So it was one of them wanted to turn it on. One wanted to turn it off. Yeah. Nice guy bot seemed to want you to turn up the power to protect yourselves from some supposed monsters. Apparently light is good against them or something. So turn it on to protect us from monsters, but turn it off to. But the other one seems to be. Uh, well, your mission was to blow up this plant. So if there's another power source in here, shutting it off could help the mission. Maybe is what was happening there. Yeah. But you, you feel actually angry because Raziel has just ended up confusing you more than (laughs) like, like, why bother? Magnus is not surprised. Like, <laughs> the closest he's, other than this, the closest he's come to any, like, angelic presence is with shadow hunters that are part angel. And so far, they've all been obnoxious <laughs> and not helpful. That's awesome. So he's like, yeah, I thought, you know. That's about what I thought would go would happen with this. That's what you get for talking to <laughs> angels. Uh, so, against your ear, whoever's carrying you, you hear Alec. You hear Alec's voice, and he's saying, "I've got you, Magnus. I've got you. It's gonna be okay. We just need to get a little farther, and then we could set you down." And the lights go dark, and then a red light farther down the hall pops on and then it goes dark again and you're just kind of like, Oh fuck. (laughs) But you've definitely heard Alex's voice. That was strange. Yeah. I, I can't remember who's carrying you, but it's like Alexa, I think, or maybe Shauna, one of those. 
Yeah, I think it might have been Shauna. Cool. So. Oh, this is spooky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. People who've read all the Dark Tower books, like, they might feel like this is a little too derivative, this next section. But I feel like there are some <laughs> moments from the books that are so iconic and so important that like I kind of want to improv on them a little yeah. bit. And yeah, dark, you know, creepy hallway you know? in abandoned facility is like a big part of the, the books. So. I'm here for it. <laughs> cool. All righty. Poor Magnus getting dragged around having weird <sighs> visions of possible futures. Yeah. Oh man, it's gonna be so fun when you like when they debrief you on what happened at the end of the fight. Yeah, I'm really excited to to reconnect and have Magnus pass on his weird information. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah! Are you the type to like tell him everything? Not everything, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm already like thinking. Okay, awesome. All right, well that was so much fun. Uh, like, I think for it's gonna be one of those. Yeah. What's that? Oh, I was just, I was going to say, I think it's one of those things where, like, if if asked, you know, people might be able to figure out more, but he'll be, yeah, he'll be leaving out a lot. Anything that seems too personal. <laughs> it's just going to pass on the, uh, the important stuff. Cool. Sometimes you almost think angels are, 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 like, obtuse or whatever is mm. obtuse obfuscating or whatever like it's ineffable ineffable it's like because they arrogantly think you can't handle it too much right. truth like they just think they know better than you it's kind of annoying yeah they're patronizing even though they probably do know more than you <laughs> <laughs> well yeah it's pretty annoying <laughs> anyway I'm excited to to get the gang back together. Hell yeah. Great playing with you again. Um, you can find us on the internet at warforthetower.com. I'm trying to figure out Squarespace so every episode will have its own blog post. Apparently that can be done, so I'm going <laughs> to try to do that. Uh, but uh, you can uh, also find us on uh, all your favorite podcatchers. We're on uh, player FM, whatever that is. Uh, and, uh, I like cast box. What do you use Andrea? Um, what do I use? I use, I think it's called podcast addict. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. I used to use a different one and it like stopped working Oh shitty. for some reason. And then I switched to that one. Just, I forget. I think someone might've recommended it to me and yeah. Mm hmm. TBTL page is good for that shit. Yeah. Like, what are you using, guys? All right. Exactly. Use the hive mind, you know? Outsource yeah. your decisions. Okay. Uh, well, I guess plugs. I'll mention TBTL. That's a great show. That's yes. how I met Andrea, the fan yeah. community. <laughs> uh, just two silly white dudes talking about shit. Uh, I haven't listened in a while. Has, has that changed? <laughs> No, it's still, yeah, it's it's the same. <laughs> you know, they occasionally have other people on, um, you know, 
they've been doing they've been having more guests on which is kind of fun like on fridays oh, cool. usually they'll like just not like anything official they'll just like you know bring someone on that nice. they think, you know usually like guests. a friend of the show like you know laura mcinerney or like um they had Shonda Tori mm. back on chris hayes the other day you know cool just whatever kind of interesting person kiki lolo of course man there was a while where that was the only place i got news <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just got so mad at the news i was like i'm just gonna get it second hand from these guys that's pretty much what i do i don't read the news <laughs> i just i assume that it'll float to the top of my social media like the important <laughs> bits man all right. Uh, yeah. Um, I also have a podcast network. My other shows are on that. It's called Sinister Parent Company. Find us on Twitter at Sin Parent Co. We're making a website. It's going to be sinparent.co. Uh, but we're still putting that together. Everything is awesome. Shattered Worlds RPG. And I'm also on this great improv show called Good Idea, which is like four geniuses working out fun new ideas or whatever. Uh, it's super silly and ridiculous, but also smart. And uh, there's also a long form show that's like Sinister Parent Company's flagship show. It's called Something Wonderful Right Away. Uh, it's like 45 minutes of just genius funny. You'll never you'll never get anywhere else. Um, and Anna, you would be amazing on that show. So uh, I'll try to get you on if you want. Yeah, I'm excited to get back into doing more of this kind of stuff hell yeah i, I don't right. think you have enough podcasts though i think i think i think you need a few more <laughs> like, yeah honestly. what is that five and i edit yeah. three yeah leave some for I... the rest of us jeez <laughs> you're skewing right, the numbers <laughs> thanks so much for listening and uh take care of yourselves um we'll see you later Tower is a special project of the Trap Society and Colossus Media Group. Our theme song is Morgana Rides by Kevin McLeod. You can find his music at incompetech.com. Send us an email at warforthetower at gmail.com. Stay weird, everybody. Shauna lets you off her shoulder and leans you against the wall under one of these uh, kind of crinkly red lights. Yeah. What's it called? Flickering. It mostly stays on, but it kind of flickers. And everything looks washed out and, and dark or whatever. And you look up and you see her face and like you only met her that one time and here she is again. And... And her jacket's all like badass and like parts of it are ripped. And she's got this like form fitting suit under her tabard. And you're like, okay, all right. <laughs> and she gives you this look like, are you flirting with me? Kind of look. And um, it's then that you feel something in your pocket. Uh, and Magnus reaches in and pulls out a gold ring <laughs> and so it's this weird tableau that looks like you're you're proposing marriage to her or something. 
<laughs> and she just tilts her head a little bit like a dog. And Magnus has a goofy expression. <laughs> <laughs> Magnus is kind of distracted. Like he noticed her, but then he got distracted by the ring. So he's just kind of looking at it, trying to piece together. You, you know when you first wake up from a dream? <laughs> yeah. So the last image of the episode is Magnus looking dazedly into a ring, but we're just seeing your face and it's like reflected in your eyeballs and your yeah. pupils are super wide and wobbly because you might have a concussion. Yeah. It's fine. And then 99 Luff Balance comes back on, but in English this time. <laughs> so it's 99 yes. red balloons. All right, guys. Bye. <laughs> That was fantastic. <laughs> Magnus is having a tough day. <laughs> Are there any things you want for Magnus or like, I don't know, situations or techniques or whatever, like hmm. that you, you might like to get into or explore? Uh, I don't know what all his powers have done in the stuff you've read, but if there's anything yeah. like that stands out, I can yeah. work it in. I'm not, I mean, so far, mostly what I'm focusing on with Magnus is just kind of like, I'm trying to keep track of his, I don't know, I guess character development in like how much he actually cares about the mission and these people. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause especially again, I took him from like at the point in his sort of, character arc in his original fiction I took him at a place it at a more like selfish less connected place mm. so a lot of the character development that he undergoes in season one of Shadowhunters I'm sort of doing that in this game um that's cool because like yeah a big thing is is him meeting Alec again I, oh, I love you bringing him in that was <laughs> my heart um <laughs> yeah i got into that wiki i was like angel raziel check husband check <laughs> oh my heart those two like love for the ages let me tell you um awesome. <laughs> oh the only thing i keep wanting to i, I keep tr trying to work on this more is just having Magnus use his magic more casually. Like, I always forget, like, he just does things with his magic all the time. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I kind of like, it's almost like bewitched in a way, like, yeah, how like, you do it. Because you're kind of like, ah, oh, I keep forgetting to use magic. <laughs> I'm just, I don't know. I'm so, oh, again, as it's also the first time ever playing a magic, like a magic user in an RPG. Like, mm. It's not like a, a, a muscle memory or whatever of like, oh, I'll always go to my spell list or whatever when you play D&D. Like. Yeah, no, I'm just even, yeah, um, I get really focused on on other things. Or I think of like, okay, what can I, like, what, like, big magic things can I do? But like, I don't in an episode, like, he's loaning Alec a shirt and the sleeves are too short because, you know, they're a different size. And Magnus just like twiddles his fingers and the shirt fits Alec perfectly like that's the type <laughs> that's of like awesome. low key just like you know you know background magic so I just need to really do that more often 
Yeah, I'm totally a fan of any uh, prestidigitation type uh, uh, little stuff like that. And then, I mean, because th- there's there's a base level of ability that he doesn't really have to think about it. So yeah, like sometimes exactly. we won't even have to flip for a lot of that stuff. Yeah, kind of that pull between, okay, I want to work within the mechanics of the game. And I also, I'm very, I'm always really nervous about sort of taking control of what another player's character is doing like like I've been in that in those situations where like someone's like and then I do this and you you know and you do this and this happens to you I'm like well I I didn't agree to that (laughs) (laughs) like your your teammates are trying to lead and you're like give me a minute (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I'm really scared of being that person that like you know, is micromanaging what everyone else is doing or, like, you know, forcing people to do things that they didn't, you know, want their character to do or whatever. I can dig it. So I'm just always trying to find that balance. uh, I don't know how Magnus in the show is, but, like, that's part of the problem with magic is, like, using it judiciously and, like, Mm -hmm. not uh, taking away other people's agency, like... Exactly. All that stuff. But then but then also in a lot of these situations that Magnus has been in in the game so far, he has been in like mixed company, so to speak, where it's like, okay, there's there's some more supernatural folks, but then like regular people. Oh right. So he's mostly, shall we say, like trying to quote unquote pass as a just regular mundane human. Mm. Like and I also like maybe your Magnus is uh, is maybe a little bit different, like he uses it a little bit less. Because uh, I remember there was a moment in the first episode where, or the backstory episode, where you, um, I said, your party is full of like regular people. And you're like, oh, I, I, I'm surprised it's not like uh, exclusive to the supernatural crowd or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, in my head, I was like, damn it. But like, we could have it where you're a little bit more passing, I guess you said. Mm, yeah. A little more engaged with the normal mortal world. Yeah. No, and it works. And I think it works. And just for the context of the, um, of the way the game works and stuff too. Like, Cool. You know, you always have to kind of adjust, oh, adjust yeah, I mean, your the character games... to work within the game and with the team and with the story that we're trying to tell. Yeah, it's amazing how game mechanics affect story. It's just mm-hmm. like sometimes you can't tell and that's awesome, but like it has its like sort of invisible momentum towards yeah. certain type of stuff. Uh, I love I that. Said I love this... the way. Oh, you you finish. Uh, oh, I I was I'm editing an episode with Brittany, and um, at one point I'm like Kevin Cole of Space Kings would, the creator of Space Kings would like probably hate me for doing this, but like <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just gotta do stuff because it's cool. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of pushing the boundaries, but but the Dark Tower, everything is bigger and louder and crazier. Yeah. And yet scarier. I want to say, like, maybe it was because it was just a one-on-one, like, recording today. And I'm also, like, alone and it's dark. 
but like you were really you were getting me in this episode like i was getting like a little freaked like not freaked out but like i was having like i was like oh like i was feeling it (laughs) that's awesome though i also i've noticed and i've talked to other people that like when i when i'm playing a character i really i'm really empathetic so like i do the same when i'm watching tv shows or reading books like i feel the feelings my character does and so like it's always really fun like when you do get those really atmospheric or like really role play heavy games and like i really get to like i get to feel it (laughs) hell yeah really embody magnus i find myself i i should probably i should like record myself uh, like on video when i'm doing these because like (laughs) i am making (laughs) i'm doing the expressions i'm doing the hand gestures like We could do one of those things where um, we like split screen us on my screen and I record my screen. Oh, I yeah. Think there's a way to do that. <laughs> but yeah, totally. I'd love to see all your funny faces. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it helps. It helps. <laughs> it, it helps me get into character as well. Like for Magnus, it's very much a like. It's a it's a way of sitting, kind of a way of being, and he's very like he gestures a lot, and so and I mm-hmm. already gesture a lot, so when I go full Magnus, it's just it's a hazard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. From all the pictures I've seen, I get a a Matt Smith doctor vibe from him. I don't know if that's accurate at all, but um, like gangly and awkward or whatever. No, I mean I guess he not not gangly definitely. He's so stylish and like chill at the same time. Like, yeah, I got to watch this, this show, I guess. Yeah. He's definitely like, he's just, he's very sure of himself generally. Um, That's cool. I love it when your Magnus flirts with people. Oh yeah. That's great. (laughs) You know, he he does that (laughs) with all the people. All right. So I'm going to do this last. uh, Oh, go ahead. I would just say Magnus is definitely one of those people that like flirting is kind of the standard socializing, you know, like, <laughs> like that's oh, just how he talks to people. This is perfect people. then. Sorry. I- I'm just thinking I'm not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this isn't the robot thinking. Are any of my memories real? <laughs> <laughs> Special thanks to Kevin Cole, the maker of Space Kings, for letting us use the Space Kings system to to make this show. It's pretty cool. Space Kings.